Hey, I'm back. Oh, Thank God. Okay. There's no music now. Yeah. I was freaking out, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're good. I, I couldn't hear you, and it was just this random elevator music. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah, stuck in the elevator. Literally. Okay. Well, welcome. Welcome. Go ahead, ladies first. Introduce yourself. Um. Well, I am Nari, and I don't have any particular credentials, but I am very interested in psychology and the different spectrums of humanity. I'm Swanks, and I don't have any, what word did you use? I don't have credentials. any. Yeah, I have life credentials, <laughs> real life credentials, <laughs> and I'm interested in all the same things, you know, communication, philosophy, the spiritual realm, everything. I'm just open-minded individual. So here we are. This is our podcast, Rose Blunts. Rose Blunts. Hey. I'm doing a little dance. I did one too. I didn't, I didn't know if it was appropriate or not, but I did a small one too. I did one. <laughs> so in this episode, we're going to talk about perspectives and holding like genuine space to listen to other individuals. Mhm. That's right. Based on it, it's kind of influenced by conver- some of our conversation yesterday, I would say. Absolutely. Um yeah. so I guess to start off hmm I guess can you kind of explain to me like what is your outlook on the concept of perspectives just in general? Okay. Uh, perspective itself to me is, it's something that's kind of, it's going to be, I feel like unique and very personal and important to every individual. And then obviously the, the more deeply rooted you are into like your belief systems, um, the more vocal or the more passionate you'll be about it. So it's a tricky it could be a tricky conversation to hold like an open forum or open-minded conversation with people and their perspectives. Cause no matter how open-minded we claim to be as people, I feel like we still tend to either be defensive or be willing to hear, but not really listen. You know what I mean? And when it comes to other perspectives or people just questioning ours, you know, or just saying something that counters it or challenges it. So, you know, on my personal journey of life here, I, I, that's what I'm, I've been working on is just being able to accept any and all perspectives, you know, obviously not evil, like straight up malicious perspectives, but pretty much everything else under the sun to see what I can learn from it and see how it makes me feel. Because I feel like there could be like growth or just expansion through any interaction. So that's kind of how I feel about it. What do you think? Um, I kind of agree. Like, to me, I kind of, I've tweeted about it before in the past, but I kind of look at perspectives and uh, differing individuals, like the ecosystem, you know, how everything has its own specific role, has its own mm-hmm. specific habitat, has its own specific worldview, but all of those different things, no matter how insignificant we may deem them, depending on where we are in our worldview, every single one of those things that are a part of the ecology are literally 
they matter and they're needed and their perspectives are needed. And sometimes I've noticed that some things exist simply to oppose another because Mm. that like natural resistance is what creates balance. Because to be honest, balance is neither the absence or the abolition of certain things. It's just like embracing and integrating all of the things on a single spectrum and kind of finding a compromise in the middle so I kind of feel perspectives are like that. Everybody has their own. And even if your perspective is literally just there to exist, to oppose another, it's necessary because without that opposition, you wouldn't really have anything to compare your perspective to, to know why you deem it right or why you deem it wrong. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree a thousand percent. I feel like in this reality, this dimension, we're here to like kind of, master or at least learn to the tippy top level about mm. duality and like contrast and just accepting yes. the, the the other side you know and I feel like you know that when they talk about the internal world or the spiritual world like how there's light and there's darkness that's kind of what they're talking about mm-hmm. um, integration is like the ultimate goal yeah yeah that's been a, a real heavy theme for me personally this year and a lot of people around me I mean I think that's how we ended up talking right now <laughs> we're kind of on the same yeah. path same path you know and i even look at it from an astrological way with you and i like that you're a water sign and i'm a fire sign so i'm like there could be something here you know besides that genuine connection like that i really need to learn or be aware of through this person and it, it it's kind of showed itself already with the stuff we were talking about yesterday like you know you you told me about a certain perspective and i admitted that i hadn't really been able to uh, work fluidly with that type of perspective in the past, you know what I mean? And I was like, me even verbally saying it, like really hit, like I already was consciously aware of it, but saying it out loud just does something to you sometimes. And just like admitting it to you when I said whatever I said. Um, it's like the ultimate form of self-accountability. Yeah, it felt, it felt, I felt a lot as I did that. I felt like scared, I felt like embarrassed, but I felt empowered too, because you know, you kind of got to be aware of like, I don't really want to call them a shortcoming, but, you know, just something that I'm not fully aware of or comfortable with is what I would describe it as. But it's kind of like what I was telling you yesterday in that voice note. I think moments like that, that's that's why I don't believe in the existence of abolishing negative emotions, because those little tendrils of guilt and shame, those let you know, like, oh, I'm doing this or I'm engaging this behavior and it does not feel good. So I'm probably not going to do that again. Those little instances where you feel those spikes of shame, like they're totally necessary for your personal development. And to like shy away from them is basically to shy away from yourself, from your personal development, from growth. Yeah. Do you want to maybe like speak on how you feel about like negative emotions? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. My feelings on negative emotions, I used to be one of those people that's like, you want to be positive, you can change your mindset, like, you don't have to stay stuck in your negative feelings. But now, just having turning 27, I'm here to say, like, please, experience your negative emotions, sink into (laughs) them, become friends with them, because they're not going to go anywhere. Like, you will experience negative emotions more often than not. So it's best to get real comfortable with experiencing them. 
it's not a, if you feel something bad, it's not like a, how can I get out of this emotion immediately? How can I get away from it immediately? It should be more of how can I hold space for this emotion in a way that it genuinely feels seen and heard so that it can pass with minimal damage, basically. Mm. See, that's, that's, that's what's cool because I know that, like, I'm aware of that type of feeling and mentality, I guess you could say, and lifestyle, I guess. I'm different, but again, that's kind of the whole point of the, the podcast, or at least this episode to me, is like to understand that we're different. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even mean that it's a disagreement, though, because it's like what you're saying makes sense to me, like perfect sense to me. And in some ways, I do it. It's just, I think my experience is more of the positive stuff you're talking about. Like, and it's not that. See, the thing with uh, a personality slash perspective like that I have and the way I carry myself, I think some people may assume that I may not really deal with negative emotions because the way I'm always like, nah, it's okay. Like, I always just have a positive way to to, to counter it. And I would say that you're just super proactive. I am. But even in those times, like, you know, you know a good bit about some of the things I, I go through or have went through mm-hmm. and, like, you know, th- those things are heavy and, like, I feel them and, you know, there are things that have, like, broke me down sometimes, to be honest. But I feel it and I experience it, but it's just, I don't know, it's like I can only be this other way at this point. And I'm sure that, you know, I, f- I believe in cycles, so maybe there'll be one day where I transition more into the way you're talking about it. But for now, it's just like, yeah, I'm, like, hi- hyper proactive. Like, I don't know. I just literally <laughs> feel like there's, like, this shield where if like something that feels negative comes, I will acknowledge it, but it's just going to bounce off and it's kind of just going to stay there. I'm just going to kind of like keep my eye on it, but I'm going to keep doing my thing. Okay. And to me, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Being Mm -hmm. proactive and having, and I guess I should state that like my stance on negative emotion is in no like in no way anti-positivity. Mm-hmm. Because I, I believe that people should be proactive because that's a personal shortcoming of mine. Is, is I'm very much into the analyzing part and not so much into the utilizing part. So hmm. I feel like proactiveness is a whole nother part of it that is necessary. Like you should definitely be able to acknowledge your negative emotions, but you should also be able to work through them too. So for me, those things kind of go together. I don't think it's inherently bad to, be the type of person that you just feel your emotions, but you're more focused on the proactiveness because it's not denying your negative emotions exist. Mm-hmm. You just kind of, you have a different way of approaching them and processing them. And I think for me is the one thing I want to do is make sure I'm respecting everybody's different process when they're going through their emotions, they're feeling them and they're basically trying to overcome them. Everybody has a different way that they go about it. Everybody has different steps that they take. So I don't think that there's an inherently right or wrong way to like feel emotion. I just think that the biggest thing we should always be very aware of is when we ourselves are not really experiencing emotion, but we're projecting emotion. And Mm -hmm. when we're not allowing other people to experience emotion because it's making us uncomfortable. Those are the only times that I'm like, well, we have to stop and check ourselves we shouldn't put ourselves in a place where we're silencing ourselves, but we also shouldn't silence other people. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what this conversation 
the whole background to it because like I feel like maybe just people or even us just experiencing a conversation where we're upfront that we acknowledge we have differences and pretty big things but could still maturely talk about it and there's nobody looking to sway somebody or change their mind or allow the other person to feel silenced. It's literally just conversation. (coughs) You know, even if we don't consciously pick up on anything, I feel like it kind of plants seeds in our minds to just be more like, to live more in harmony. You know what I mean? I think the fact that things are different doesn't mean that they're bad all the time. Mm -hmm. And how you said, you know, people like to try to silence others is it's 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 a problem you know it's a problem and it causes a lot of like just issues amongst us as a society you know why why can't you know just being realistic the the platforms that we have nowadays everyone's going to want to speak their mind at one point you know even the most quiet person is eventually (laughs) going to speak their mind and put that out there Mm -hmm. and you know if that gets invalidated like that could that does a lot of harm to you know exactly um, I I don't think that a lot of people mean to silence others. I think that it's just legitimately people are accustomed to their worldview. Like I was telling you yesterday, people are just accustomed to their perspective. And when you introduce something that is to them challenging their belief or their perspective, their mind instantly goes to like those English essays that they had to write where they had to write a persuasive essay and they're instantly trying to bring you into their worldview because they feel like you're trying to make them step out of theirs. And to be completely honest, I think we should all just learn how to step outside of our worldview, even if it's for a brief moment, because I think that's where real genuine empathy happens. I don't think empathy and compassion happens from the limits of our worldview. I think it happens when we step outside of it. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that's getting out of your comfort zone and whatnot. And yeah, that's something I'm practicing too. Just before I speak, you know, especially if I'm in a, it's a, if I'm involved or witnessing a conversation that's like, you could tell that it's personal to somebody, um, you know, it's closely linked to like their perspective or their worldview, you know, uh, to just really make sure if I'm going to talk, like really think about what I'm about to say. Um, if not, then just listen. I think that's another thing, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand. Like people just don't want to observe for a while. Everybody has this like instant gratification, instant knee jerk reaction to everything. And no one wants to slow down and kind of let things unfold. Naturally. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and and be understanding that, you know, in the heat of the moment, like somebody may say something, but if you just let it unfold a little more then maybe they'll explain themselves or it'll make more sense, things like that. Um, those are not things I think are that are like commonly practiced or even spoke about. You know, everybody just wants to talk, talk, talk. Everybody wants to get their their thing off, their opinion off right away. <laughs> Active listening to me is like the only real way to connect with people. I think even me, like when I say this, I'm always including myself in this narrative, but <laughs> like having to learn how to actually listen to other individuals. Cause a lot of times we're literally listening to respond. I know people talk about that a lot, but we literally are, we're listening. And while we're listening, we're thinking of everything we're going to say. And I'm just going to be upfront. Objectively speaking, if somebody's talking and you're instantly in your mind, thinking about what you're going to say, you are not listening to them. You're not mm-hmm. hearing them. Everything that they're saying is going through one ear, going through your filter of your worldview, and then out of your mouth. And so it's just like, 
we have to really learn how to pause and like you said, observe a situation, let people fully express their emotions before we intervene. I'm all about intentional speech. So we should take a moment and think about what we're about to say before we say it, but we should also in moments where other people are speaking, take a moment and let them say what they've got to say before we start thinking about our next thought, before we start thinking about our next words, let them speak and just be fully present while they're speaking with no bias, no judgment. Because when people are expressing themselves, they're not asking you for your opinion on their expression. They're just asking their expression to be genuinely acknowledged. Mm, yeah, that's very valid point right there. I got to keep that in mind. It's funny. It's like we could talk about these things, but it's like I always just have to look at myself. I'm like, damn, have I done that? Have I had someone, you know, said something to me? And I think I said that about our conversation yesterday, too. You were telling me about the way you felt. And, like, I think I low-key, like, went to record, like, two different voice notes. And I was like, yo, you're making it about you. But I think mostly that comes from us just wanting a way to relate to people. Mm-hmm. But also we got to understand that that could be damaging. You know what I mean? So I think for whatever it's where I'm kind of proud of the way I responded to you because I did put my filter, not the filter you're talking about. I put a filter on like, yo, there has to be a certain degree of me talking about me, at least at that moment, to make things relatable. But to make sure that you understand that I truly like understood what you were saying, you added like a very important perspective to me. That's what sparked all this. I'm going to be honest, the way that we were talking yesterday, that exchange to me was very beautiful because like, (laughs) even when you did bring up things about yourself, like you still kept the conversation centered on, I know right now is you're basically expressing yourself to me and I'm, you're basically bringing up this point to say, Hey, I relate to you in this way. And I know personally, this might've been hard for me in the past. And then you sent me a post asking me, is this kind of similar to what you were talking about? And to me, that shows active listening, that that repetition, that basically, so this is what you said, reiterating back what I've said, you know, going on a point of your own, but basing it off of something that I've said, it's just kind of like keeping the conversations, the specific person that honestly was needing that moment. It's kind of like the, the Black Lives Matter movement and how they, you know, kind of argue with the All Lives Matter people where it's it's not about all lives, it's about this specific person and community that's being marginalized. To me, it's the same way on an individual level. When we interact with people, it's not really about all the other people or all the other things we've been through. It's about this marginalized person who needs space held for them. So I thought that our interaction was really beautiful because I did feel that space was held for me and you were very loving and attentive and you (laughs) kept prompting me to continue. And so like, that made me feel safe. It was like, okay, so you're not annoyed by hearing what I'm saying (laughs) and you're encouraging me to continue. And like, I don't know, it was a very beautiful interaction for me. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I mean, that comes with learning and it's just funny how life works and how (laughs) life is just funny. I've had times in the past where someone would, uh, you know, tell me that they need to feel safe or they need space, like they need to, like space is created for them and it's like i thought i understood i genuinely a thousand percent swore i understood that i know what that meant and that i thought i was doing it and maybe i was but to that degree the degree i was doing it back then compared to what i'm capable of doing now is like trash (laughs) and uh 
you know, I, I don't know. I guess it just comes with, compa- like you said, it does come to compassion. I think it, I think it kind of comes down to, uh, I don't know if it's gender or if you want to like use the terms masculine and feminine energy, but I do think men genuinely kind of suck and struggle at like listening to a woman's feelings, especially when they're like a woman that feels deeply, you know what I mean? And they care about the details and shit like that of all their little, of all their, not I don't mean little emotions like that, but like all their emotions, like every single one, like really need to be expressed. Me personally, I've struggled with that. And I feel like in my conversations with other dudes, they've definitely struggled. Like they, they're trash with that. They don't know how to listen. Um, not saying I really do all the way, but it's something I'm aware of. And like, I felt good. I felt good listening to being there for you too. So it, it goes both ways, which is a good thing. Like, that's the thing. If you could expand yourself to be different or to at least alter your perspective a little bit to kind of be like fluid. Like it does feel good too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kind of piggybacking off with the the topic you brought up about gender. This is like a whole different episode, but <laughs> really I don't feel like society prepares men emotionally for their engagement socially. Nice. I don't, I don't think I even just reading, I'm taking a sociology class this semester in a child and family and society class. And even in those, it seems like the task of the homemaker and the one that is con- concerned about emotional well-being, that all seems to fall on the woman. They all seem to push emotional things onto the woman as if only women experience hypersensitivity as only if women are human beings and experience a range of emotions. I partially feel like that's society's fault for placing that boundary that basically tells men like you're not allowed to be super in touch with your emotions or it will somehow erase some of your masculinity. So I've noticed that like there's a trend with men that it's hard for them to listen and hold that space emotionally. But I don't personally, and it's my personal opinion, I don't personally feel like that's 100 percent their fault. I really think that the society we live in kind of sets men up to be like that and tells them that they are not a man otherwise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do feel like that's changing little by little. You know, I, I, I've noticed I more too. guys yeah, being more aware. And it's just a shift. It's, it's a overall, I think society as a whole, we're kind of drifting away with the topic, but it is shifting in a positive way. Like things like this are becoming more spoke about, more normalized, more like people, more people are acknowledging it. And that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like even though I know everything happens for a reason and I'm where I, I need to be, I, I can't help but wonder, like, had I been more willing to listen and, and tap into, like, certain emotions in the past, how different my life could be, you know, or would be. Um, but I love where I'm at. I love this path. Like, it, it's cool to see growth within yourself. It's especially to transition to something so different because when I would feel certain emotions in the past, I would just dive in. Like, either I completely dive in and I'm just, like, talking like crazy or I completely shut off. There's, mm-hmm. like, kind of no middle ground. It's just, like, it's one extreme yeah. or the other. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel that. I feel that on a spiritual level. <laughs> I'm kind of like that, yeah, as a whole in life. Um, but on the emotional level, like, what we're talking about, it's, it's cool and it, it feels really good to be shifting to like this other direction. Cause like, that's just a perspective in itself for me that I'm working on is that when we're talking about these things, like we're making it sound like there's really only two 
and technically there kind of is with duality like there's only two sides of the spectrum but the way i'm like training my mind recently is like to just expand it and that there's <laughs> there's like infinite like at all times like it doesn't even go yeah. down to man and woman there's just everything there's just all these sub genres subcategories to everything in life we exist in a constant state of in between i believe that that's where my perspective is kind of going is I'm trying to shift away from the extremes and just move to the in-between because in the in-between, that's where everything exists. And to me, like everything is everything. So we should all be Mm. in the in-between. We should all be with everything connected to it, going to extremes. Those are both, no matter what the extreme is, those are all forms of detachment from the everything. So Mm. to me, like, I, I feel like we all exist in a state of in-betweens or we should strive to exist in a state of in-betweens. That sounds like a song or a poem, the in-betweens. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I like, I'm a mental, like, I, I paint a lot of pictures in my head when I have these kind of conversations. And I just think of, like, a, a child, like, in the <laughs> desert, like, a you know, complete empty desert. And instead of, like, looking just in front of them or behind them, they realize that there's all these different degrees. Like, they could walk northwest, north, like, and everything in between. Like you said, in between. Mm -hmm. And that's how perspective is. And that's how, like, when having a mature conversation, you know, like, that's, that's how it could be. You don't have to meet somebody exactly where they're at, but respect where they're at, acknowledge where they're at. And then, you know, if if it makes sense, you know, y'all have the conversation where, like, you say your part or you say how y'all, how y'all, how you guys can, like, synchronize within your different perspectives, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think uh, a great way, like, going back to the kind of conversation that we had yesterday, I think a great way to personally practice, like, active listening and active holding space and broadening your perspective and stepping out of your worldview is to constantly redirect it back to them. Get out of the, oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that and get into, well, how do you feel about that? Use Mm -hmm. you statements instead of I statements and kind of pushing things back to, like you did yesterday, pushing and encouraging them to express more and letting them know, like, you're safe right now. Like, I'm listening to you. I love you. But I know that this is not about me. So here's the stage. And I'm just here to basically applaud. And I think that if we all kind of went that way to ourselves, first of all, if we did those things to ourselves, then it would be easier to do with others. Because I know a personal shortcoming of mine is I am not that way with myself. I don't approach myself like, how can I like hold genuine space for you? A lot of times I shame myself for feeling negative emotion. I'm trying to get away from that because when we can hold space for ourselves in a genuine fashion, I genuinely believe then then we can do that for others because the tone, the relationship that we have with ourselves, it sets the tone for everything. And if you're mm-hmm. insecure or if you're looking broken inside and you're not working on that and you're just <laughs> kind of sinking deeply into your pit of negative emotion, then that's going to be the tone that sets with everybody you interact with. At some point, you're going to project this negativity. And so I think in order for us to actually hold space for negative emotions, we have to learn how to address them in a way that's healthy and low-key positive. Like, to me, when I say positive, I mean, going at it head on, but not 
avoiding it because the way I do with my emotions is I'm just like I'm depressed but I'm disassociating from the rest of reality because of it and to me (laughs) that's not an adequate way to hold space for an emotion you know what I mean it's like mindlessness yeah, you want to you want to just truly experience it. Do whatever you got to do to grow to grow through it. <laughs> uh, basically, just, to be present in it. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I've I've experienced that a lot too this year. You know, in the past two or three months, there's been times where, you know, like I said, and that's just the contrast of it. Like my perspective is like, yo, I acknowledge it. I know this is real. I'm not like delusional. I'm not pretending it's not there, but I just keep going, and. Mm-hmm. I do have my moments, though, where, like, I have a day or two where I'm just, like, it just hits, like, not that it just hits me, because it was always there, but I, I, I finally make the time. So I guess it's kind of, it's interesting how, like, the conversation kind of makes you realize how you're kind of doing the same thing, just different ways, because, like, it's like I choose when I want to deal with it, and I think I do it in a healthy way. It's not like, again, I'm, I'm pretending it's there, like, I'm putting a monster in the closet, like, yo, this shit sucks, I have this sis this situation or this person made me feel this way or I allowed them to make me feel this way, whatever the case may be. I like, all right, today's Sunday. Today is a day where I just want to lay in bed and cry about it or whatever, whatever. However, you know, I'm going to eat a bunch of junk food and that's how I'm going to let myself like fall down to the depths of myself and then just wake up tomorrow and just like bounce back. However, um, something someone told me, I want to see what you think too. They, they told me one time, this was like three or four months ago. They're like, I think you're so smart or so intelligent that you know literally how to shut off your emotions. Uh, like you, you, you literally let your mind like just control your emotions. And I don't know the way they said, I didn't say it exactly the way they said it, obviously, but that shit just really hit me when they told me that. And this, it, I've thought about it a lot. What do you think of something like that? Like, do you think that's even possible? Um, you kind of broke out there a little bit. Can you repeat that last part? Oh, I was just saying, like, do you think that's possible, like, realistic? Like, someone, it, it comes from an IQ, not even an IQ, but, like, just a, 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 a sense of intelligence that they're aware of their emotions and all of them, but they, they just choose, like, they literally just pick and choose which ones they want to roll with. Well, I definitely think that, uh, I won't say that it's an intellectual thing, but I do think that there's a certain capacity that people have to be aware of themselves. And I think that when you have a higher level of self-awareness, there's not really a specific thing that contributes to it. Because to be honest, what is intelligence? What are we basing it on? But that's, sure. that's a whole other conversation. I'm not even going to sure. get into that. But sure. just on a genuine, normal, general level, like whatever your capacity for self-awareness is, to me that's going to be the level of control that you will be able to have on your emotional expression. Uh, To me, silencing any emotion, no matter what your intellectual capacity, that is a form of suppression that will end up biting you in the ass later. Now, if you genuinely process the emotion, because like the, basically if you have efficiency in emotional processing and there's not a lot of things that hinder that, you're able to like, uh, I recognize that I feel this. I know that it's because of that. But I also know these other things. I'm not going to dwell on it. 
to me, that's a healthy way of processing your emotion. And if you're able to do that with specific emotions and choose the ones that you want to really sink your teeth into, then yeah, absolutely. But I definitely think that that just depends on your level of self-awareness as a human being. If you have a low level of self-awareness, you're never really going to be able to get to the point where you can recognize that, oh, yeah, I'm feeling angry right now. And I know it's because of this. But realistically, I know this. I have to take responsibility for this. I need to do this as a solution. If you don't have a high level of self-awareness, you're not going to make it there. And I'm just, I've tweeted that in the past that a lot of us don't have the level of self-awareness that we need for the type of conversations that we all keep trying to have. There's just, I'm just being honest, like we all talk at each other without like really being able to acknowledge ourselves. So to me, that's totally possible, but only if you got a high level of self-awareness, which I think you do have throughout this entire conversation, you've analyzed yourself. And I think that just shows your like analytical qualities. You are a very like logical individual. And I see that you talk yourself through your emotions very logically. So on that front, like, yeah, I believe that's completely possible. But if y'all don't got no self-awareness, like, it ain't (laughs) happening. Yeah, I love being analytical with stuff. I feel like that's how you, things make sense. Like, you break them down. And it's funny because you say that I'm logical. I feel like I'm so emotional. So you would think, again, that's probably like a a perspective or like a box society or the the system. The presence of emotion is not the absence of logic. Mm. I guess, yeah, but people still, I, I have seen people, it doesn't mean people are right or whatever. Well, then again, what is right? But, you know what I mean? Like, they, they, there's, like, theories out here that, like, you, you're you really more extreme with one. You know what I mean? But I feel like I'm mm-hmm. very extreme with both. That. I feel like I'm extreme with both. That's what I'm saying. You have, like, you're very balanced. You're very balanced in nature. But, like... I do see that people fall into extremes. They're either very analytical or they're very emotional. I'm not going to lie. For a long time, I was just very emotional. But I'm slowly starting to seep into my little analytical phase, you know? That's and I, cool. I personally think this is all coming because I had a really bad shroom trip, like, a couple <laughs> months back. I but my whole perspective has, like, completely shifted since then. The amount of I I could say that I had no level of self-awareness before I was talking out my ass and out my emotions all the time that's wild I can honestly say that now like I've had to sit with myself and really look at myself and sometimes feel ashamed of myself and be honest with myself and I'm not gonna lie that shit is grotesque (laughs) (laughs) like the process of gaining self-awareness and true transparency so that you can emulate that on a genuine level like that shit hurts and it's ugly <laughs> oh man I don't mean to laugh. I'm not laughing like at you I'm just laughing because I relate like yeah. I know it, it's good though it, I think it's healthy that you get to the point where you could kind of laugh at it because like you know that there's going to be other times where you're going to be again <laughs> like disgusted or just like how is this me <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, how how do I like this awareness? Or how could I have been so either, like, naive or just absent-minded? I don't even know the words, you know? Sometimes I look at myself like, wow, is that re- was that really you? <laughs> I feel like that I feel shame for myself because I ask myself that a lot. I'm like, damn, girl, really? You did that? The queen of, oh, I'm so self-accountable. You did that? Like, <laughs> I think that's like, what, like, yeah. but I feel like you might be, like, 
if that's how you feel about yourself, then you're on the right path, in my opinion. Like, because you should be wanting to look at your old self in a way. I mean, it depends. I guess it's all situation-based. But, I mean, if I, if I didn't look at myself like that, then how would I have ever grown or how would I have ever learned anything? Like, I had to have. Again, it goes back to that contrast shit. Like, if I wasn't, I'm going to use the term low vibrational or whatever, like, how could I be this? How could I even know the difference? Mm-hmm. That's why I always say, like, I don't believe in, like, I believe in the concept of light and I believe in the concept of love. But the concept of light and love where it's just all this and all that, that's an extreme to me. And I don't believe that we can know true light and true love without darkness in some way. You know, because darkness is really just the absence of light. It's not even really its own spectrum. It's on the spectrum of light. So we have to learn how to integrate it into it. That's why I said in-betweens. They matter. Like, being able to exist in a place where everything is happening and you can integrate yourself into that everything in a healthy way, I, that's just so important. I'm trying to get Facts. there because I'm not there, but that's so important. Facts. Yeah, I've, I've had conversations, like, about this specifically. Like, I've told some friends, you know, kind of went on my little rants because it's something for a while. I was, like, in a very passionate phase about, like, just being your, just being yourself and being, um, like, a real presence, like, not trying to overpower anybody or just like, yo, look at me, look at me. But if you bring yourself into a situation, whether it be like a physical function or a conversation on the phone, whatever the case may be, you're yourself and like you have respect for others, but you're so sure of who you are and what you believe in and you talk that way or you bring that energy. That's like nothing could really knock you off from that. Um, and I, now I've kind of backed off that a little bit because now I'm I'm humbling myself and it's just cycles. Like I'm like, all right, I'm comfortable with myself and I know people like see me and feel me, but still let me kind of just start playing the background a little bit more to really observe again, to observe, mm-hmm. you know, I've had. Uh, I can't hear you. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I just had a block call. <laughs> um, I've had like a lot of heavy <laughs> uh, learning experiences recently with people like, had a lot of major like just experiences I'd say put it like that that have taught me like being sure of yourself is definitely not a bad thing like I'm proud of myself because that was just a, a leap personal development you know just building confidence and being able to like mm-hmm. hold my head up out here but but um sometimes you'll be in situations where n- n- it's not it's not the wrong thing to do but in the long-term things, like in the selfish way, kind of, to to just kind of quiet yourself down to really see other people. Because I've noticed when you're confident in yourself and you're sure of yourself and you present that to people all the time, it kind of makes people feel threatened. And the thing is that you're not even be- there to be a threat. That's just a projection of their own. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, how that could could damage things like you have to give other people i don't know it could come from a place of ego but it's like i also have to give them time to observe me to like really learn my intentions because just because i'm here and i speak my mind and shit doesn't mean like i'm here to like counter you no matter how you might think that so i'm gonna tone it down a little bit to play the long game so you can really see me i think that like being confident in yourself is important and I don't, I genuinely don't believe in playing small to make other people comfortable. Because I'm going to be honest, the type 
a thing that you just described, who, whomever that would apply to, that's a personal shortcoming. Because to me, other, the existence of other people and the existence of their pride in themselves should in no way, shape, or form threaten you. You should be so solid in yourself that somebody coming and having their beliefs should not shake your core. You can be teachable, but you mm. can also be stern in yourself. Being strong in yourself, that just comes from a lack of knowing who you are. If you feel threatened because somebody else is sure of themselves, that's a personal shortcoming. That's genuinely something that you would have to take, take a step back, really sink into, think about, address, and go with. To me, like, observing is important just on a personal level. I like to observe because I like to know all the details. I'm a very detail-oriented person, so I observe on the principle of I just really want to know any and everything that I can before I feel safe to integrate. But if you're the type of person that feels confident in integrating, I don't feel like you should feel that you need to dim yourself so that other people feel comfortable approaching you. To me yeah. personally, and that's just a personal opinion because this no, is that makes all sense. personal. I yeah. just think that other people need to get stronger. We can't be so weak that other people make us feel threatened about ourselves because they're not doing anything to inherently say that we're bad or who we are is wrong. They're just saying, well, this is who I am. So how come you can't say, cool, well, this is who I am. To me, <laughs> that instant need to create competition between you and another person, that's dead. That's a personal shortcoming. You got to work on that. Yeah, there's this, I was on the phone with like a, a mentor of mine the other day and he said something that I felt was really powerful. Um, I actually quoted it somewhere. I'm seeing if I can find it real quick. I wrote it down. Um, it's pretty much exactly what you're saying. And well, not exactly what you're saying, but it's, it's a different degree of it. Not like it. He said, why compete? If we're competing, that means someone has to lose. And why would we want someone to lose? Mm, I saw that. And I like that so much because it put things, because, you know, naturally, like, there's something inside of us that compares. But comparing doesn't really mean c competing. You know, mm -hmm. like, for example, as an artist, like, you know, when you, you collaborate, like, you want to make sure that people feel you, you know, you throw your sauce on it. You know what I mean? Like, people really know who mm -hmm. you are. But sometimes that comes with competition. And there is healthy competition, obviously. But, yeah, I... I like what you're saying and what he said. They they kind of mesh really well. They mesh really well about, again, it's just allowing everyone <laughs> to, to exist. Like, have respect, have boundaries, but have love and, you know, love yourself too. You know, ultimately what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, like you said, with healthy competition, I just want to acknowledge that healthy competition only exists when every party involved is consensual about it. Like, if we all agree that we are in competition and we are trying to find the one who we believe is the quote-unquote best, to me, that's different. That is a healthy competition. It's an organized competition where you know that there is a winner, and it's based off of your talents and your proficiency. But if you're mm -hmm. psychologically putting yourself in competition with people who don't know that they are in competition with you, they're just out here being themselves, and you feel attacked because you put them in competition with you then to me, that's something you got to work on. Yeah. And they do, people do that a lot. They put themselves in that position. That's a whole other combo. Yeah. yeah, what you think about wrapping it up in like two minutes? A. <laughs> that's hit him with like a final thought. The final toke. <laughs> the final toke. Um, that's or ironic. Cause I, just, I just put my blunt out too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the final toke. Um, don't be afraid of yourself. 
don't be afraid of your negative emotions and don't be afraid of other people's negative emotions because they're not here to threaten you. They're just here to exist. Wow. Wow. You said a lot. I'm going to listen to this, first of all, a few times. <laughs> I feel like you dropped a lot of gems, but damn, that, that was the perfect way to wrap it up. I don't even know what I could say. But <laughs> I would just say thank you to listen to whoever ends up listening. And yeah, um, thank, thank you. you for being cool with this idea. Um, yeah, I feel like, again, the, con- the yeah, the contrast amongst us, but the way that we understand each other and still, like, can communicate fluidly is important to me. Like, I appreciate it. And it's dope that we could put it on the podcast. I appreciate you. I appreciate that the baseline foundation for our friendship is respect. And that's why this is possible. Like, I just respect you very much as an individual. So I appreciate you being able to, like, talk with me and vibe with me. Yes. And we will again soon. We'll figure it out. When's the next one? And what it's about? Hey. Until then. Until then. Peace. Peace. <laughs>